Hi, and welcome to the Take the Cake podcast. I'm your host, Kate Noel. I love honest health and wellness, and I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Hey, everyone, and welcome or welcome back to the Take the Cake podcast. I'm Kate Noel, and I am the host of this show. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. I hope that you're having a great day, a great evening, a great morning. And if it's not so great, I hope that this makes it better. <laughs> uh, so I decided to do a Q&A because I haven't done one in a while. And these are always really fun. It's a fun way for me to, I don't know, get like listener feedback and questions. And so that's exactly what I'm going to do today. I asked y'all on Instagram. Um, you can follow me at my handles at Kate Noel underscore underscore if you'd like to get in on the next one. Um, but that's usually where I post all of my Q and A's and everything. So, um, I'm just going to kind of go through them and answer them from my heart. I didn't really do much planning. Um, that's my jam these days is taking, taking things day by day. Um, so let's do it. Somebody asked, um, tips on compulsive exercise. So um, my tips on compulsive exercise would be to uh, kind of set boundaries with exercise. Do you have a goal weight you want to get to? Do you have other life or physical goals that have nothing to do with weight that you want to get to before you exercise? Do you need to take a break completely? Obviously, compulsive exercise is hard because it's compulsive. Um, but I'm all, I'm all about having like alternative things that you can do, alternative ways of dealing with the compulsion. I'm no therapist and I'm no expert at compulsive behaviors or thinking by any means. So this is just like anecdotal personal advice, but it always helped me to have something else to do. When it comes to movement, I find that one of the best things that you can do is to... Um, bring more mindfulness and more awareness into your movement so if you can try taking a break uh, a quarter of the way through your exercise if you decide to like move anyways and like do the compulsive movement try and stop like a quarter of the way in try and stop halfway in and just like assess your body and your mind and figure out if you want to keep going or if you want to stop so just like interrupting the process if you can and or having something else to do. Somebody said advice for someone going through a rough patch. Your podcast helped me so much. Uh, just a general low mood type of rough patch. Thank you for saying that about take the cake. That means a lot to me and I'm glad it's helped you. General rough patch. Oof. Been there. Was there pretty much all of the month of uh, April, if I'm being honest. It was a pretty low time for me. I had lots going on. Um, I would say for me, journaling, I know it's so cliche. I know you're probably sick of hearing that, but I do the five minute gratitude journal and it's really helpful to reflect on that on like what you're, it, it's helpful to be grateful for, for like your rough patches. Like something happened to me in April that was pretty disruptive in my life and I literally wrote out the disruption as something I was grateful for and it allowed me, even though I might not have really felt it in the moment, it really allowed me to set up like an affirmation for myself and kind of reframe the way I thought about this incident. 
Um, and that really helped me a lot. I also feel like relying on your friends and opening your, yourself up is so important. I have no idea what your rough patch is and I have no idea, you know, your personality and your characteristics and, and who you are. For me though, when things go awry in my life, historically, I have, I tend to isolate and I tend to try and find a solution that feels instant. Typically, the solutions that feel instant aren't very healthy, and isolation for me is not very healthy, and going inward isn't always very healthy for me when I'm going through a rough patch. So it's been my personal goal, something I've really worked on in my personal life has been to continue to externalize how I feel, rely on the support that I have, and squash this idea that I'm a burden to other people. Um... And just being, yeah, being relying on the support systems that I have without feeling like a people pleaser burden sort of, you know, person. And I don't know, I feel like I'm, I tend to be somebody that helps a lot of other people before I help myself. And that's something I'm working on. So maybe that's something that could help you as you're going through your rough patch. Somebody said buying larger sizes and feeling really sad, how to get over that. So it felt like going up a size let's just say i was a size 99 and i was going to go up to an 100 obviously these aren't real sizes but i'm just don't want to actually give a size but let's say i was a size 99 and i was like gosh i think i am now a size 100 or maybe 101 or 102 103 i don't know going up one size or two sizes or even three sizes or four sizes five sizes it's like ripping off a band-aid you just gotta do it and normalize that number in your mind over and over again. Like maybe there's a size that you think you might be becoming or you might be or you are. Right now, pause this podcast and say, I am a size blank. So Kate, you are a size 100. You are size 100. You're a size 100. Obviously, this is silly because that's not a real size. But you know what I'm trying to say normalize it say it out loud say it to someone else say it to the person you're shopping with and just rip off the band-aid it is tragic that we reduce ourselves down to numbers all the time weight calories sizes ugh we are better than that we are so much more complex and beautiful than that and coming from somebody who does fit modeling which is when you go in and model for designers it is crazy the differences in sizing and designers in non-designer clothes in in fabrications and measurements and specs it is like so wild how different every single place that you shop at and is and on top of that every single garment that you buy is way different depending on the specs so it is just not black and white out there and somebody said, have you ever traveled back to Poland? You mentioned your mom is immigrated from Poland. Yes, I have. I did. And I was 10. I think I was 10 or was I a little older? It was, it was a long time ago. And I really do remember a lot of that trip, actually, though, even though it was so long ago. Um, it was so special. I went with like my aunts and my uncles and my babja, my jaju, which is grandma and grandpa. I went with lots of people. I saw my, the home that my mother grew up in. I saw where her, she just grew up in general, her town. I, I was there for two weeks. And while I was there, I like literally like relearned how to speak Polish. It was just like such an incredible 
experience because I, I used to be around it a lot more when I was younger so I could kind of pick up on it and um, it was really a beautiful beautiful experience to be there and to see um, it just to see where my, my mom grew up and to see just yeah her her and it was cool to see her experience that too like she d- doesn't go back a lot so it was just really neat to see that um, I love my mom so much and I love my family and I just appreciate them so much for everything that they have done for me and you know it's really cool to be able to live in Los Angeles and think like I don't know if I would have had the courage or drive to move and be like so independent so to speak if I didn't have um, my mom kind of like modeling that for me and her, you know, parents modeling that for me. And so I just really appreciate them because I can see that their opportunity was for me and for like my children someday. And I don't know, it's just cool to, to think that. Um, somebody said, how long in general do you think, um, took you to get to this point in recovery? Um, I'm assuming this means like fully recovered gosh, I have no idea. Full recovery is like a mystery bubble because I felt like in my recovery, um, like every single month I was like, wait, wait, I'm like, I'm like recovered. And then like a month later, I'd be like, oh, I'm even more recovered. Um, but I feel like it took me, uh, one and a half or two years of being in recovery, like active recovery for me to be like, yes, I am fully recovered, not a trace, I'm good. I have no idea if that's accurate, to be honest, but that's just my intuitive messages telling me that. Somebody said, has your mind changed with weight restoration, coping with anxiety, healing ups and downs in life? Yes, yes, yes. I feel like I have a different brain with weight restoration. Like my, my fight or flight, my cortisol. I, I, w- I literally had tunnel vision all the time when I was ill. I felt like I was constantly running away from something um, in my mind mentally, and that is exhausting. Absolutely have changed my brain and my mind. Uh, my mindset's completely changed. I still struggle with like anxiety and ups and downs but i just feel like i'm exponentially more resilient um and i just can see myself and what i want and um i have a voice now that i use and i feel proud of and that helps me navigate things and that helps me not get in situations when i where i would be more anxious so i feel like i just have a, a protective a better way of protecting myself Somebody said, do you still struggle with your digestion at times? If you don't know, I had a pretty gnarly digestion journey um, just through my own recovery. It was just a big part of my process, and I was pretty hopeless for a while. Um, I don't feel like I would say I struggle with my digestion. I certainly have days where I feel a little bit off, and sometimes it's like around my cycle, like my hormonal there's a lot of um, prostaglandins that are released when you get your period, and that is what makes your like uterus um, move and spaz, and that also can make your digestion spaz. So that's why women often have pretty wild 
digestion when they're on their period. So sometimes I have that and sometimes I just, yeah, sometimes I'll eat something that makes me kind of bloated or I don't really know. I, I don't feel like I struggle altogether, but I certainly have days where I'm not feeling like the best digestion ever, um, but it's rare and it's manageable and it's totally fine. Um, somebody said needing some help with body image while soon being soon to be a bride, freaking out a little bit. Congratulations. That's so exciting. I was just at a wedding a couple weekends ago and it was like, every time I'm at weddings, I'm like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. And, um, yeah, it was just, congratulations to you. I'm very excited for you. I would just say this. I'm sure you and your partner love each other so much. And how beautiful would it be if you could start your marriage off with this solid, incredible foundation that is, I went into this wedding fully honoring myself and fully being like the woman that I am. Well-fed, queen shit, you know what I mean? Like going into this wedding with the mindset that I'm setting up my relationship to be me. And doing it for you and not doing it to put on a show, right? Not doing it to quote, like, um, like looking your best to me equals being my best. Of course, you can have aesthetic goals. Sure, you want to, you know, you want to do a little exercises before you, you know, put your dress on or whatever. Like, I don't know, you absolutely, but do it out of self-love and also like go into your wedding feeling like you're you and as long as you don't you don't take that away i feel like nothing can stop you from just looking your best because you're going to feel your best and you're going to feel confident somebody said thoughts on drinking culture pressured to go out hmm yes well first of all drinking outside of even like drinking and having an eating disorder is like a whole other podcast that is like a whole other thing so i'm just going to talk about it from a standpoint of not really eating disorder but um i think that like blackout drinking culture is toxic for me and i don't know anyone in my life that it's not toxic for i never feel physically or mentally good after a night where i'm getting very very drunk um i personally don't think i've really ever opened up about drinking in my like journey with it i still drink alcohol but I do feel like I have a really healthy relationship with it now. I didn't always in the past. Um, when it comes to pressure to go out, that's where I'm like, no, I don't like that. I mean, I'm not really in the age where I feel like I'm being that pressured to go out anyways. But, and I just like, my friends are very, like the people around me aren't like huge go out or people like sometimes we do go out but it's not like the main event every single weekend or anything like that um so i feel like assess like why someone's pressuring you why who this person is to you and what you mean to them and like for me i feel like drinking is often the main event and that's where i have a problem with things like perhaps if you feel like you're being really pressured to go out a lot instead of going out and doing other uh, like your friends plans perhaps you could do 
your own plans. You could plan like a game night or something and have like some wine instead of like going hard with, you know, going out culture. Like I feel like this is an opportunity for you to maybe have some like autonomy and make plans that your friends can be a part of instead of being a part of other people's plans all the time. That was a quick answer to a very like in-depth question, I'd say, but that's my thoughts. Um, somebody asked benefits of introducing dairy back, like the benefits of dairy. Um, it is so tasty, better lattes, yogurt is so good. Um, it's got a pretty incredible, um, not that I want you to go look at nutrition facts or anything like that, but it's got a pretty incredible balance of macronutrients. It's got carbs, fats, and proteins, and it is just such a good source of minerals and electrolytes and it is creamy and delicious and there's ice cream and cheese and it's just a great food it makes things tastier and um personally i cut it out of my system and i was like well i can't digest it because it makes me gassy or whatever but in reality i just like wasn't eating it so when i did eat it I got gassy. So it just takes a minute to kind of introduce it back into your diet, but I love dairy. I call myself a dairy queen. I try and buy grass-fed when I can and grass-fed, grass-finished, and I typically buy whole milk. Uh, so yeah, I love it. Somebody said how to validate yourself and not seek external validation, particularly, whoa, particularly with dating. I think this all comes down to self-worth. Like, do you trust yourself? Do you feel like you have the biggest influence on your life or to somebody else? Um, do you want to help yourself or do you want to always help other people first? So asking yourself these self-worth questions, um, it's not selfish to have self-worth. It's very important. And a partnership, a conscious partnership, a conscious relationship, a conscious date, a conscious date involves two people. And you have to, like, like kind of like with the, the wedding question, even if it's a first date or a second date or whatever, you're dating this person for a long time, go into it remembering that you're setting up the foundation of a potential relationship. So if you're not yourself, then your foundation's wrong and you're, it's going to bite you in the butt in the future. Trust me. If you're not feeling like you can be honest, if you're not, if you don't have self-worth, then forget about it. Okay. It's going to come up in the future. It's going to come up times 10 because then you're going to have integrated in your lives and blah, blah, blah. So self-worth and being honest with yourself and with your partner is super important. Your partner should respect you and respect your wishes and, um, or at least have a conversation about them and be open to hearing, you know, how you feel. How do you love yourself on bad body image days? Um, I just feel like for me on bad body image days, they don't happen too much, but let's say they do every once in a while. I typically will try my best to go about my day doing everything I would have done even on a great body image day. And it kind of like reinforces this idea that I can still live my life regardless of how my body looks or feels. I will say there is something nice about you know, I don't think this is a solution for every single day, but it's, it is nice sometimes just to like 
put on a big t-shirt, wear your yoga pants, and just not, not have, you know, the sexiest dress you own on. Um, that's my personal opinion. Um, but yeah, that's what I would say. Tips on recovery when your job has to do with your body image. This person said, I'm a bar instructor. That's so cool. I love bar classes. They're really hard. Like you're just, I'm like doing the bar class and all of a sudden I'm like, ouch, my freaking muscles are like dying. Um, I should do one. That's really cool. Uh, okay. So same, I do modeling and sometimes got that body image on my mind, um, every once in a while. And so I would say, what else are, you know, why are you a bar instructor and why do you appreciate like how your body can move in bar, bar class? Like what kind of teacher are you? Like, I think finding other aspects of the job that, um, you appreciate about, and also even aspects that involve your body. Like what about doing bar and teaching other women and men, people to do bar, empowers you how does it make them feel um and how can you kind of like lead the way in this industry you know i've never worked as a bar instructor but i imagine there's some toxicity in that industry so i can imagine you know you being more of a leader in this world and like if your coworkers say something that is toxic or if somebody in class says something about themselves that is is mean or if you're feeling down about yourself you know be the one to like break the stigmas and be positive. Oh my gosh. Some of the best, most nourishing, supportive, like workout instructors I've ever had are people who truly embrace themselves regardless of how they look. They could have a six pack, they could have no pack (laughs) and it doesn't matter because they're so supportive and they really empower me. Um, that's what I would say. I hope that helps. Somebody said, when did you incorporate fear foods if you had any in your recovery? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Flashback to the early YouTube days. Um, I, well, when I did it, I went all in and I did it every day for a week. When I, that's not something I recommend because <laughs> it's kind of intense unless it's something that you want to do. Um, but I recommend, I actually think I have a f- episode on fear foods, incorporating them on this podcast so you could search it but I basically do like an easier version of like your biggest fear food like a medium version of your biggest fear food and then like the hardest version of your biggest fear food so kind of like stepping up to working on tackling them uh, in a way that feels accessible and manageable for you somebody said how are you doing spiritually do you still align with christian beliefs this is a nice question this is a really nice question. I'm feeling really spiritually aligned. I always feel like there's more room for me to expand spiritually in my life, but I don't feel like pressure to do that. I definitely don't align with Christianity anymore. Um, there are aspects of Christianity that I appreciate and see as um, supportive, and then there are aspects of Christianity that I see as destructive and not supportive to our world and and me personally. Um, So I feel like spiritually, when I was considering myself a Christian, I felt a lot of pressure to always be better, like I wasn't good enough spiritually. And so releasing that label for me has, like I said, allowed me to just feel not a lot of pressure 
spirituality to me is this connection that's supernatural that I do believe exists and I feel like it's I guess like a powerful invisible energy some of the best energies in life are invisible and isn't that interesting just kind of something to think about um so that's my my say my spirituality for me kind of happens most of the time like when I'm meditating I feel like that's when I feel connected or when there's an interesting synchronicity happening in my life or if there's a sign um that I see I can I I believe in that you know I really do tips to not feel guilty about eating what you have to slash more than you'd like in recovery obviously we can't always avoid feeling guilty it's not like I can just say don't feel guilty that would be hilarious right thanks good advice but I will say make your eating make every single eating experience right meaning if it didn't make you feel good just experience it experience that and all of its glory and i promise you you will learn about your body and your needs and like just experiencing eating will make us better eaters i think we're so quick to react to judge ourselves to say what we did is wrong but if you can like eat your food and regardless of what you ate how much you ate how you feel if you can say you know what i did my best with the resources i had and and i'm gonna make this experience correct like even if it didn't make me feel my best i'm gonna make it correct because it's what i did in the moment that is affirming yourself you're affirming your own like decisions which will empower you you're learning from the experience because you're able to be present and that alone i believe is all we need to become like normal eaters where we can like listen to our bodies and eat how we want to be eating and eat in a way that's most aligned with us so i really feel like people micromanage they're eating so much obviously there's like a clinical reason to micromanage what you're eating i'm talking just about general i think people feel like they have to micromanage their eating so much and it reduces them down to like stupid animals like we are not stupid like you are not stupid we are not dumb we will learn from our eating experiences we just have to make them right and we have to affirm them and we can't immediately go into guilt we have to allow ourselves to experience and be present so that's what i'll say about about not feeling guilty like that my answer is kind of like okay feel guilty and then make it right however you can if that if you need to write about it if you need to just talk to someone about it talk to yourself about it that's what i would say okay those are all the questions i'm going to answer because i got a lot more and i maybe i'll do a part two if you guys want to hear a part two let me know um but i love doing these q a's they're so fun and um, so thank you everyone for asking me all these amazing questions. If I didn't get to your question, I'll try and get to it next time. Um, and thank you so, so much for listening. If you liked this podcast or this episode, please leave me a rating if you're listening on Apple and maybe share it with a friend that you might, um, that might find interesting. So thank you so, so much. I'll see you on the next one. Bye everyone.